Hello. Big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com slash app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We would like to celebrate our friends and supporters over at isotope.com. Find makers of audio software for repair, mixing, and mastering. You know their goods. RX-10, Neutron 4, Ozone 11, Nectar 4. Chris and I love them. We use them. And we know you'll love them too. Go to isotope.com and check it all out. And to get your discount, use code FRET10 at checkout. Again, it's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Please enjoy your day. And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest's best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee swing on in don't spill your coffee and check it all out and now if you use code tour stories 10 you can get 10 percent off at thunderroadguitars.com yes that's me playing guitar drew nick what's the haps what's good joe hello oh sorry for my bullshit travel delays here yeah, no worries. Usually works out. Um, <laughs> it didn't this morning, but thanks for your patience. And um, where are you guys? We are both in uh, Pilsen in Chicago. Yeah, like two blocks from each other. That's nice. Are you both uh, Chicagoans, if that's the right word? Did you grow up there? Uh, I grew up in the suburbs, but mm. I've lived in Chicago land area my whole life. Yeah, I, um, I actually live in New York now, um, but... Uh, lived in Chicago for a decade. I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. Mm. So, um, yeah. So for the last like two years or so, I've just been bouncing back and forth between New York and Chicago pretty regularly for rehearsing and getting me for tours and and whatnot. Yeah. Growing up, what was your how how was music in your life? You, you know, going to shows or playing music or studying music. Mine was a lot of um, like when I was younger living in the suburbs there was a lot of like hardcore bands Mm -hmm. that i really didn't fuck with and it was a lot of like shows in the basements of churches and stuff like that um i played in a ska punk band called dick van dyke and so that's a good name yeah i thought so too (laughs) good Uh, (laughs) um and then so we played with a lot of like punk bands that was kind of my first like taste into like doing like DIY stuff. Um, and then, uh, one of the, 
earlier members, Mike, um, who I started the deeper with me and him moved, we grew up in the suburbs and we moved to, uh, the city when we were like 18 and, and started like deeper adjacent bands. Um, and that was just like going to finding out about parties on like Facebook events and stuff and Mm -hmm. going to them and then like meeting other people that were playing music, which is how I met Drew and the other guys in deeper. It's like going to parties and are like shitty college bands playing and stuff. Right. What about you, Drew? Yeah, for me, I mean, yeah, I was like absolutely obsessed with music, you know, as as a kid. Um, you know, I grew up in like a small town. Um, I kind of describe it as like a suburb of a suburb, you know, in um, outside of Columbus, Ohio. So it was like it was like half rural, half suburban. It was like suburban, but we also had like a drive your tractor to school day. That was kind of wow. was kind of the vibe. Yeah. So it was great. It was a parking lot was a mess on on the drive school day. <laughs> yeah, that's so, sick though. Um, it is. But uh yeah, so like for me, you know, like music was kind of like a a window to to the rest of the world. You know, as cliche as it sounds, sure. it was like wow, like something to like dream bigger, you know? Yeah. And uh, you know, I was aspired to move to like chicago and you know just like get involved in the music scene and so um like literally as soon as i had a chance i just like booked it straight for chicago and um yeah got involved in playing music there yeah yeah i know the small town getting out of the small town vibe my closest city was like a a town in central california called merced and they had a skateboard shop and a record shop and I was just like, this is the rest of the world instead of ranching, which was, I lived in a ranching town. So I know that vibe. Yeah. Man, does, does some famous musician live in Merced? Were we just talking about this, Nick? I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I want to ranch. That sounds sick. Yeah. Or where, where's Stephen Malkmus live? Is, is it not Merced? Oh, he, Malcolmus was... is from, um, Malcolmus is from Stockton. Granddaddy's from Modesto. They're all close to each mm-hmm. other. So uh, yeah. did your family have like a cattle ranch or something like that? No, or? we weren't ranchers, but, uh, you know, yeah. 60% of the county, if that's any indication of yeah. how rural our town yeah. was, uh, we're ranchers. Yeah. Yeah. My, my best friend's a rancher in Montana. His family like bought one when we were in middle school or something and, and they all like moved out there. Yeah. It's really funny seeing them. It's like, dude, <laughs> what are you, a fucking cowboy now or something? Yeah. I mean, it, it is a fascinating story moving from the suburbs of Chicago and just like running a ranch yeah. in Montana. His like, dad, like his change. dream was to have a ranch ever since he was a little kid. And he's like, if I ever make any money, I'm going to buy a cattle ranch. And that's just what I'm going to do with my life. So he like retired and, and did that. Yeah. And uh, Trevor, uh, who's um, best friend from growing up, he's basically worked there since we were 15. So I just go there to party. Like we had my bachelor party on it. <laughs> It was, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, a little, but it was a little band trip out there with a couple other friends. It was yeah. it was really special. Did you uh, do any ranching? Did you rest? Did you tie sort up? Any, of, chase uh, down any animals and tie them up or round them up? Or? Uh, we rounded I'm up send some you a cattle. Video. Yeah, we Good. we had a friend. I'm gonna send you a video. Yeah, we had a friend who brought his dog, um, and I, I'm it's, it was like a like a Australian Shepherd type of mix. Yeah. And yeah, never, uh, it's been in the city like her whole life. And, uh, our friend Alvy like brought her with, and she instantly got it. And when we were going through like the different corrals, 
she would like herd like nip their heels yeah and, it was sick yeah. it was like the most majestic thing i've ever seen just like an animal completely yeah natural yeah so like we're in this like four person four wheeler like almost like a atv golf cart it's of like sorts. UCV. And, then she, and she's running alongside like herding the cattle uh, as we come down this like huge hill it was yeah. it was awesome that's cool so yeah. All right. Well, yeah. it was nice we're... talking to you guys. That's great. I just <laughs> wrap it up. Um, <laughs> the ranching episode. Um, yeah. uh, well, we are here to not just talk about ranching, but I don't mind talking about ranching. Um, we can, yeah, here. let's talk ranch talk. You know, <laughs> let's wrap. Well, let's try to just let's try to wrap it up with some more ranching. Just keep that <laughs> in the back of your mind. The other reason we're here to talk is to talk about Careful, your new record, your debut on Sub Pop. Comes out September 8th. Um, again, on the wonderful Sub Pop. And let's go. <laughs> this record is, uh, to me, it's this intricate and, and very focused sounding uh, sonic adventure. And I'm sure you get this all the time with the angularity. Um, Mm-hmm. which is angular music, whatever that means, uh, is some of my favorite kind of music. And um, the thing that's striking to me about this record, especially versus the old one, is that there is the wonderful angularity, but the way that you stack the guitars or, or the way that you write them and other instruments, but largely guitars, and I love the guitars on this record, but the way they're stacked and maybe panned, etc is it gives it this lushness that you know angularity and lushness don't typically go together and it's rad it really is and i want to talk a little bit a little bit later about your writing and recording maybe production process but um first tell me a little bit about where you were when you started working on this record or or writing this record demoing etc and how and if that was different from your last record, Auto Pain? Um, we actually were like just getting home from our Auto Pain, like the start of our Auto Pain tour, because that got um, shut down because COVID was yeah. right around the same time. We put it out like March 27th of 2020. The worst time to release <laughs> a record ever. Yeah. So uh, when we got home, I like really didn't want to give it up. And so I was like, I'm not going to just like, I didn't know how long it was going to last. And I didn't want to like sit around and like sulking or like watching TV in my house all day. Yeah. So I like just kind of like set up um, a small studio in my back room and started demoing out some of the songs. Started just like sending them to the other guys and Drew, like at the time he lit, he did live down the street from me, but like we hadn't seen each other since they dropped me off. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, so me and him were just like, kind of just texting and like emailing back and forth. Some of the like demos that I was sharing with him, he like found out about this thing called splice, which is similar mm-hmm. to like Riverside. I'd say like where you're kind of like both sharing files on either side of your computer, but you can basically work on, uh, an Ableton file or like a Pro Tools file, um, simultaneously, simultaneously. or in near in near real time. Oh, you can. Oh, that's nice. So yeah. we would just kind of like send each other, like I would send him like a some like maybe like something. Like one of the first things I did was uh, Airplane Air. That was like the first week we got back. 
and um i kind of just like sent around to the guys not really thinking it would be a deeper song just trying to like basically just trying to like practice almost yeah. writing you know and, and just keeping it going you know it's like a muscle you kind of need to keep on flexing it so it was just all like me just experimenting with different kind of sounds and not really trying to make a new deeper record at all. Right. And then Drew like kind of was like started being like, well, I, I don't know. I think that could be a deeper song. So yeah. I was like, sure. Yeah. And then um, right. it just, that just kind of like, we're like, okay, well maybe we can do this. And then Drew started writing some songs and sending it back my way. And I would put like lyrics on it. Like Claire was like the first one, I think he fully like had the music for and was just like all right well let's try like singing over each other's demos that which is yeah. something we've never really done before yeah we used to just like do it all in a in our practice space we yeah just, like throw shit at the wall and just loop parts until they it felt like we all were happy with what we were doing and in this way we were just kind of focused on writing a song and like yeah giving purpose to the overall instead of like the individual parts you feel like made for better songs and maybe like this is where you're getting at some of the lushness of it yeah yeah and also like it was the first time you know kind of to what nick was saying that we like sort of like produced each other you know he would send me a track and um you know have like a really great lyric or something and have like a guitar line under it and i'd be like oh well, actually it's like we we really want to it could be cool to emphasize that like that like vocal line right mm -hmm. and so it's like maybe i'll just mute his guitar there or i'll put something else in that's like straighter or could just be a little more in the background so it is accentuating the the vocals when we want or kind of like guiding the listener's ear to the bass and doing like a, a simpler guitar part to make room for that or vice versa you know doing something with more movement on guitar straightening out the bass and you know things like that so it's a lot more iterative and kind of like uh piecemealing everything based on the input we were getting from one another yeah and it sounds like you were, <clears throat> because the touring got canceled, et cetera, you, you were, you wanted to keep your, your writing muscles strong and, and you weren't necessarily shooting for the deeper record. Um, yeah, yeah. that's great. And it yielded a well, I think fucking also, rad record. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, we had four months of touring lined up. We were ready. Oh. Like we had just fully gotten into the mindset, you know, you know, many of us like quit our jobs and was like, okay, we're going all in on the next four months and yeah. four or five weeks into 16 weeks of touring, it was all shut down. So I think we were all yeah. kind of like bottled up wanting to like sure. have an outlet of some sort. Yeah. Like another cool thing that we did with careful, which was kind of something that we started to do on auto pain was we were like looking back at demos and stuff like, um, Lake song and warm the last track on auto pain. Mm -hmm. Those are essentially just like a four track demo that like I just brought to the studio and our producer, longtime producer and engineer is like, uh, well, fuck, we don't really need to re-record it. We could just make it sound a little better and put that in. And so yeah. like things like dual bass and telly, those are like all old songs Okay. that basically we had in those tapes that were just yeah. like, all right, let's try to like reproduce these. Okay. And not throw away stuff. So those songs are actually like from like 2018 and maybe even gotcha. earlier. The other dynamic change with, you know, the way that this was recorded was, you know, Shiraz is like an absolutely incredible drummer. And like when we're all writing in a space, we're like kind of like writing to incorporate like, you know, more movement on the drums or something. And when we were more limited to 
using like drum machines or something like that, I feel like, you know, it kind of like made more room for guitars in certain parts or things like that. And some songs did change once we like sat down with Shiraz and added like his movement and stuff. Yeah. But having the foundation be just the guitars and, and, and vocal melodies, I feel like it did change the way that we approached the the rhythm section once we tried to add more than just like a, a straight drum machine or something. Right. And there's there's also like it, it's kind of hidden by the cohesiveness of the record of your your sound, I guess. But there's like mm-hmm. there's some diversity. You know, you have uh, I think it's the uh, fame is kind of that mantra drone, and of course you probably get this all the time. But you've got kind of some more rocking, almost cars tunes, and then everything is danceable. And uh, mm-hmm. then you have kind of some electro tracks. And it, it, the interesting thing, it's just kind of revealed for me, at least uh, over a couple of listens, like, oh, this is deeper, but they, they're exploring these other like genres, subgenres, whatever you want to call them. Are you conscious of that or do you just throw it at the wall and see what sticks? I think it's a product of being, you know, in our apartments and just like kind of like I idea to idea wanting to like not not feeling like bound to making something that was like cohesive or i shouldn't say cohesive but like singular in its like sound yeah i think the other thing was like you know our self-titled our first record was very much like us throwing stuff at the wall the second record auto pain was you know i think like a fully uh, a fully realized version of like us going for a, a specific sound and then for this one it was like okay we feel comfortable in our own skin how can we add to that? How can we start like, you know, pushing the edges of this a little bit more? Yeah. So, um, well, with that, I'd like to play, uh, build a bridge. Is that cool? Sure. Yeah. All right, here we go.
Wowzers. <laughs> it's me every time. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's great, great melodies on there. Um, tell me a little bit about your recording process. Did you work with a producer? Did, did you self-produce? Did you go into a studio all at once? We, um, we've worked with uh, our close friend, Dave Vitrano, for every the, all three releases. And um, he's engineered, mixed, and essentially produced every record with us. Um, but this one, we kind of like actually put it in writing he's, he, as a producer on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's like the fifth member basically. Yeah. 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 Very involved. I mean, he plays a little on this record. Um, yeah. He's played like, yeah. I feel like he's played almost on every record, just like really? a, somewhere on it, you know, yeah. even if it's not even put in there, like, or we forgot about it, <laughs> right. but yeah, yeah, he's a, he's an amazing player. So do you go from demos I, or I, do you rehearse and then just go in the studio or do you bring, I mean, you know, with digital stuff you can just bring stuff in and be like let's track to that or whatever there was a mix of stuff on this yeah, one. yeah we mostly um we we rented out a studio called palisades in chicago for 14 days in like august of 2021 yeah right yeah which was yeah. way too fucking long um <laughs> was it too much time or like yeah. but I the 10th day we're like uh, i yeah. think we needed to like I wish we could cancel the rest of them um, yeah. and give it a week. I think doing like uh, five days, taking the weekend off, then doing like five days would be a lot more beneficial. Yeah. Probably. There was this like pressure to like make use of the time. And so yeah. it's like another, you know, 14, 10 hour days in a row. It's just like, yeah, as, as Nick said, by like day 10, we're like, oh, okay. We just had a lot it's of material of that we didn't yeah. know. Um, like sure. you still don't really know how to play most of the songs on the record. Yeah. Um, so we went into it with just in prior records, we knew the songs like we could play them live pretty much going into it yeah. for the most part. Um, but on this one, we didn't really know. So we were kind of learning as we were going and mm-hmm. trying to, I don't know, mutate them as we were recording it. So that's why we we're like, let's do 14 days. So, we don't feel as much pressure to, you know, get it down on the first day. And then of course it, it didn't feel, it felt the same. Yeah. Right. Even with all that time, it was like, Oh, we got to do this now, now, now. Yeah. You get drunk on time, especially yeah. in a studio. And you're like, do, do you have, speaking of that, do you have anything um, that you can remember that you were like, uh, I'll put this guitar on. It's just, just like last ditch effort, last thought. And then you go back the next day and you're like, that is fucking stupid. There's so much of that shit. I mean, <laughs> I tried to bring my my nephew Bobby in one of the days, and for about he's like a he's a, he was like one and a half maybe at that time. <laughs> okay, and I tried to get him to make noises because he just started to like start to kind of chirp, you know, and yeah. talk a little bit. Um, and that was like about two hours of the studio that just got wasted. But um, I'm glad he was there. Yeah, you know, that's really I got a pick of them at the board, so that's all that matters to me. <laughs> um, but no, but there was a moment where we're like, okay, we're gonna try and just like secretly put a, a Bobby, a little Bobby clip in. Sure. Um, yeah, I yeah. did. I uh, during when we were recording um, Pressure, we recorded it all to the wrong key. Mm-hmm. So this is like a day we had. Like Dave had like one of his like in like an intern shadowing him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's already like, I don't know how you feel when you're in the recording studio, but 
I feel I feel like I don't really like having people come in. I like having like a closed yeah. group. Yeah. But um, their vibe was totally chill. Um, there's nothing, not trying to throw any shade on them. But um, so it was already kind of like weird and pressure is kind of a weird song for us to do. Anyways, I laid down like the bass guitar or like the bass line with um, Shiraz playing drums to kind of track the yeah. overall song. Mm-hmm. And I tracked it without the capo on and realized that when I was trying to put like this like key melody on it, I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Well, now I got to like redo it. So redid it and then got all the way down. And then everybody kind of needed my vocal cues to like know where to play on it. So mm-hmm. I then sang it and got high before I started singing it. So then I sang the song like probably like 20 times in a row with this person in there listening to me, I have to like kind of belt for the first time, sure. in a, like a deeper record. <laughs> and not that I really belt in the song, but you know, but more, more so than others. Uh, and so that kind of ruined the song for me for about like a day oh, or, yeah. or I mean months actually probably. I, Cause like then I, I told everybody to then comp the, the vocals mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys comp it. I'm going to go upstairs and because I can't listen to this because I'm just going to like want to not put out this song if we listen to me sing like 3,000 million <laughs> or jillion more times. It's I hate hearing my own voice. I feel uh, like I sound like a nasally, I don't know, creep. I, um, I'm not just saying this. I would never describe it as nasally. <laughs> Ever. You know how you, like when you listen back to your voice, it oh, seems I like. I hate my fucking yeah. voice. I hate oh, it. Yeah. But I, oh, yeah. And that's half the reason I wouldn't even attempt to sing. Um, I, yeah, I don't know why I do this to myself. Every yeah. every time we write a record, I'm like, I do the demos and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, these lyrics sound sick. I really like my vocals. And then I do it like in a professional setting. And I'm like, I suck. I sound like so fucking stupid. Like I just, yeah, I overthink everything. But yeah. I know that's part of it. The other thing, I, I don't know how much you do this, but it's there's a quite a bit of it on the um, on careful. The vocal melody and the guitar melody follow each other a lot, or or the same, which I really like. I, there's got to be a some sort of term for whatever that is, but um, it's I the really, Nick Cole, you know, <laughs> yeah, the Nicole. So you Signature. do the Nicole a lot. Yeah. Um, oh, that's the Nicole. Okay. Yeah, and. <laughs> I kind of have a chicken and egg question. What what comes first, vocal melody or guitar melody? Uh, typically guitar. Um, yeah. I usually, the way I write um, is typically like, I just kind of start and just, I'll make like a beat and then mm-hmm. I'll just kind of free, free ball it, whatever comes yeah. first uh, with guitar or bass. I'm always writing on a guitar, but I'll like write a bass line on it mm-hmm. and then I'll just layer it until it feels like a vibe and then I'll sing off the top of my head, like anything that comes into mind and I'll kind of just pull lyrics from there until I feel like I have a good block of, of words next to each other and then just kind of go from there. And so that's where like the mantra stuff, mainly like my demoing is a lot of mantra based kind of music where it's a lot of repetitiveness Yeah, just because I write with loop, pedals a lot of the time sure. or i used to so then now when i break it down to like a four track that's the easiest way for my mind to like kind of conceptualize a song i'm not really about making a huge production and a bunch of different parts i kind of like them all falling on top of each other mm-hmm. staying more like the kind of like 
Velvet Underground, like heroin type of vibe. That's yeah. like my favorite kind yeah. of song. And and Drew, or I guess either of you can answer this. When you play live, Drew, do you play the vocal melody or Nick, do you play your vocal melody on the guitar? It's a, it's a mix. It yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, Build a Bridge, I'm playing the lead, which is the vocal melody that yeah. he's singing. So, yeah. Other song, though. Oh, Sub. Yeah. Sub, he's, sing, he's singing and playing the the lead line, which I'm like, wow, it's like to, to just slide up and be hitting all the same stuff you're singing is. That's, that's actually easier for me. It's the stuff that's really? like the stupid, like the stupid easy shit is the stuff that really messes me up. Like the mm-hmm. telly guitar line, singing and playing that. There's just like these, like, I'm just like, I'm, I move my one side, like either the vocals or the guitar moves slightly before the other one. And that always just messes me up. It's like whenever I play like the more bassy lines, those are the things that are the hardest or the more rhythmic stuff. Yeah. Always just kind of messes me up. It will be cool to see that too. I think visually that's, especially if you're switching, you know, I like drew playing your melody and you playing a different part and also visually your videos are, I'd say serious isn't the right word, but your videos are thorough and like thoughtful, I'd say. And, and, and I, your covers also, I really like the art on all the covers. How, how important is the, the visual part of deeper versus the audio part? Super important to us. It's like, uh, we want, I mean, we feel like we haven't even hit it fully the way we want to do it, but, um, yeah, the music videos really matter to us. Uh, and like the way they kind of tell the story or build the world of deeper is like super important that's what Mm -hmm. we're trying to do with our music we want people to feel like when they listen to any of the deeper records it feels like they're like kind of going in and out of each other and Mm -hmm. um visually that's something that we really want to do better in the future but also just keep doing the way we're doing it yeah yeah i also think just like having having like an established identity is really important and not just, and that, that extends beyond just, you know, the songs or something like that. So yeah, as Nick said, like kind of like creating this world and, you know, uh, I think this record really gave us a chance to, um, you know, do more videos and things like that, or even, even some of the songs to have callbacks to previous records or previous videos and things like that to kind of, yeah, to kind of make like paths where people can like catch like little Easter eggs or things like that to get immersed into what we're doing. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's like kind of what draws me into some of my favorite bands yeah. is, um, you know, this world building. Also yeah. like YouTube, like watching music videos of different bands. That was like such a big part of me finding music I liked. Like a good example is like Liars. I feel like every music video they put out is cool and just so yeah. interesting to me and just draws yeah. me in further or like crack cloud a more like um a yeah. newer band that's coming out that their music videos are so insane i don't know when i first saw them uh that that was like oh shit we need to step up our game and figure this shit out <laughs> nice all right i'll check it and how about touring i'm imagining you're gonna hit the roads in september or after september 8th or somewhere around then yeah, like a week or two afterwards, we leave for like two months. Okay. U.S. or U.S. and Canada? 
U.S. and Canada and Europe. All right. Barely any break between the two. Really? So into like three days into the next year, almost maybe not. Yeah. Just like uh, mid November, basically. Yeah. That's my favorite time to tour actually in the fall. We've predominantly toured around then, especially in Europe. We're like, we've been there like October, November, I think every single time. I need to go to Europe. Maybe you guys need like a drum tech or something. Yeah. Please jump in the van with us. (laughs) That'd be sick. Um, All right. Well, when you get out there traveling, travel safe. And uh, again, congrats on this record. I'm relatively new. I'm not brand new to Deeper, but this record is like so great. And I'm I'm, I'm privy to the whole thing. Thanks. Sub pop people treat me special. Um, I'm glad you've heard it. Are you going to leak it? So I'm on tour now and I've burnt CDs of your record and I just give them out at our shows. Yeah, put it on Pirate Bay. It'll be tight. (laughs) And the Tears for Fears people are doing that too. Oh, man. Yeah, they have it at their merch table, the new Deeper record for free here. Huge Tears for Fears fans. I don't know if there's any of that, and if you hear any of that and careful, but we were definitely really kind of hitting that. We were talking about doing um, uh, Pale Shelter for Pitchfork. Mm Mm-hmm. But we never got it down. Yeah. One of these days we'll we'll learn it. All right. Well, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm best friends with Tears for Fears, but I might be. I'm gonna find that. I'm gonna find that song and I'm gonna give it to him. Sick. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Well, again, travel safe when you get out there, and thanks again. It's great talking to you guys. Yeah. You too. Yeah. You too. All right. Take it easy. Later. Later.